um, hello, I'm Paz and thanks for having me. I sort of forgot how scary it is to stand up here. I feel like I haven't done it for so long. And I thought I'd make some added pressure just by, if you don't know, Clive and I work with the young people every other Sunday. And this is the Sunday that we do that. So we thought it'd be a great idea to get them all sat over there. So... And to start with, it wasn't happening. So then we went, oh, don't worry about it. We just make all this space. And then suddenly they started coming. So that's why it looks a bit squashed over there. But it's good. This, I was going to say there's still space if you are a young person. Not if you think of yourself as a young person, but if you're inauthentic. There isn't space, but we make space. So if you want to sit over there, you're very welcome. Um, I kind of also told them that I would preach to them today. So... I might just sort of face this way a bit more. Um, no apologies for that, because I kind of think if we're preaching to people who are in their teenage years, that goes to everyone, right? You know, so it should work perfectly. We shall see. Today is obviously a baptism service. I love baptism services um, for a bunch of reasons. Two of them are, one, I absolutely love people's testimonies, um, Clive and I are story people. Mainly what that means is Clive tells lots of stories and I listen to lots of stories. So I, I love listening to people's stories because I do it all the time. It's basically what I do for my life. Um, and I, I just love to hear about how God encounters people in their life. And we're going to obviously hear testimonies today from Hammy and Tanaka. And it's, it, it's so diverse because that's our God, isn't it? He meets with us how we need to be met with. And I have a massive danger today of slipping into my testimony. and I'm not going to do it. So, but I, when I think back of how God met with me, it's, I, I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't seeking God out, but he was seeking me out. And that is always what he's doing. Um, and the other reason I love it is I particularly love the scriptures that we use when people are baptized. And that is what I'm going to preach from today. Um, the unnerving thing is, I met with Al earlier in the week, and we were chatting through um, today, and a bunch of other things. We got a bit distracted, actually, but I didn't make any notes, because I was really relaxed. I was like, yeah, it's fine. I know what I'm doing. And then I came to prep for today, and I just have, it just all fell apart, and I, I felt totally unprepared. Wish, I really wish I made some notes then. Um, and I felt God say, just preach from your heart which is terribly unnerving for me. So if you know me at all, this is my note. Look how big this is, by the way. And this is all my notes. Like, I normally have pages, and it's normally a lot smaller than that. So, so this is me preaching from my heart, which makes me nervous, because I like to have everything written down. And also, Clive said to me this morning, oh, this is the first time you've preached, and I haven't heard it first. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I haven't really practiced it either. So who knows? So, yeah, trusting in God this morning. So let's pray. That would be a great idea. Um, Lord Jesus, we just want to give you all the glory this morning. We are here to see people declare you this morning. And I just want to pray that as I speak, as we look at your word, that um, you would speak right into people's hearts this morning, right into their lives. For those that know you, for those that don't know you yet, I, I just want to pray, Lord, would you open people's hearts and ears this morning that they might hear the truth of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have a Bible, you're very welcome to open it um, to Romans 10. It is going to come on the screen, which is also a miracle, because Phil 
emailed me about it Friday, and I emailed him back at 10 to 1 this morning. <laughs> this is how disorganized I am. Kind of with a, oh, I don't expect it to be up on the screen. It's a bit late. And he emailed me back saying, um, I've worked with Colin. That's not late at all. <laughs> that is actually what he said. So, you know, fair point. Um, anyway, it says this. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. The first thing I love about these scriptures is how straightforward they are. It's just good for me. If you know me, I'm an overthinker. In fact, I actually... I found this T-shirt online, this is about a year ago, and it just it said on the front, probably overthinking things. And I should have bought it, but I didn't, because I was overthinking whether I should buy it or not. And then, since then, I went back and looked for it, and I can't find it. And I'm like, I should have a T-shirt that says that. I'm an overthinker about everything. And so I'm like that with the Bible. So I overthink everything to do with every aspect of it. And, and when I do that, I can feel, I don't know about you, it's overwhelming sometimes, these lists of different characteristics that we should have. And I normally get to number one and go, patient, oh, okay. And I don't even normally get to number two. Uh, but this, these scriptures remind me, one, it's less about me and more about God, thank goodness. And two, that it, it, although it's not easy, it is straightforward. And so... What I want to do today is ask you three questions. And these questions are relevant whether you have never stepped in a church before, whether you would say, I think I'm a Christian, whether you've been a Christian your whole life, decades worth of your life, or whether you come with someone else, so you kind of come to church, but you're not really sure. These three questions are for everyone. And, and they are from the scripture, but they're not in the right order, which... I'm fine with, not normally, but I'm fine because it works better this way. So the first question is, what do you believe in your heart? So talking about that first. Second question is, what does it mean for Jesus to be Lord? And the third question is, what does it look like to confess with your mouth that he is? And so says, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So the first thing is about what do you believe in your heart? Who do you believe Jesus to be? That's the first question for everyone. And, and so lots of us can say, yes, I believe that Jesus is God and we know the whole thing. But some of us will say, well, I come to church because I come with my husband or wife. Some of us say I come to church because I come with my parents. And I don't really get a choice. That's definitely the rule in our house. There's no choice. It's very early. It's not really very fair. You have to get out for school all week. Tough. You're going to church. But the Bible doesn't say if your family believe in their heart. It says if you believe in your heart. So what is it that you believe in? Um, in the Gospels, Jesus is having this conversation with Peter about who people are saying that he is. Um, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, 
he, he, doesn't, he says, who do you say I am? But who do you say I am? And his answer is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And I believe that is his question for us this morning. Who do we say he is? And if, you've, if you'd have asked me before I was a Christian, I don't know, I probably would have said some guy who lived a long time ago who's not really very relevant to my life. Did he die on a cross? Probably. Did he rise again? Don't be ridiculous. Because at that time, I hadn't encountered Jesus. And there's, so um, for years, Clive and I were involved in the Alpha Course, which is, if you don't know, an introduction to Christianity. Um, and they used to have this brilliant talk. They are, I'm sure they still have the talk, but I don't know if it's still called this. It used to be called Lord, Lunatic, or Liar. And, I, and it always stuck with me because Jesus says he is Lord. So either he is Lord, he is who he says he is, or he's crazy because he thought he was, but he wasn't, or he's a liar. And then people make all these comments about, oh, he's this good moral teacher and he's a prophet. And, but actually, he never said any of that stuff. He never left that open. He either is Lord, which is who he says he was, or he isn't. And so that's our, our first question this morning is, who do you believe Jesus to be? And it doesn't matter about the person next to you. And ultimately, for you guys, this is a tough one for us as parents because we, we like to think that we are going to raise our kids and they are going to be followers of Jesus. But ultimately, you guys have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Who do I believe Jesus to be? And that's for each one of us to decide. So the second question is, what does it mean for Jesus to be Lord? So it says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Well, to be Lord means that he holds all authority and power. It means he is God. And so if he holds all authority and power, then he's then also holding that over my life. If he's Lord and I'm saying he's Lord, then he's Lord of my life. And what does that look like? Because that's another question, isn't it? What does it look like for, for us to say Jesus is Lord and then for Jesus to be Lord of our life? It means that Jesus is Lord of our finances. So what we do with our money. I went with that one first, because that's a, that's a big one, right? And as I was thinking about that, it made me think about you guys again, because I was like, oh, when we think about our finances, we go, oh, yes, you know, some people think you should give 10%. The Bible says you should give generously, and, you know, it's a heart issue. I looked. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, once you're 18, you should give of your finances. doesn't say that anywhere. It says give generously. So I wonder what it looks like to have a part-time job or pocket money. Allowance, I don't know what we should call it. And the Bible says, give generously. And sometimes our heart goes, well, I don't really get very much money. So why should I give it away? Well, because if Jesus is Lord and he's Lord of your finances, that's true for all of us. What does that look like when you're retired and you don't get very much money? I mean, oh my goodness, when me and Clive retire, 
We don't have any money, by the way. <laughs> we don't have those jobs. I, in fact, I don't think we're ever going to retire. We've got quite physical jobs, so that's a little bit worrying. But if he's Lord, he's Lord of everything. So there's another little challenge for you guys this morning. What does it look like to say Jesus is Lord of my whole life? Jesus is Lord of what I do. So, again, that's how we spend our time. Work, free time. I remember when I had free time. I don't have any much of that anymore. But volunteering. What we want to do is a job. What do I want to do as a job? I wonder what Jesus has got to say about that. Because if he's Lord of my life, then he's Lord of my decisions about my future. I, I listened to this talk the other day. I'm allowed to listen to these talks now. Right? It's from New Day. Uh, obviously, I don't fall into that age group, but it's okay. Because now we're working with these guys. I feel like I can listen to New Day talks. And it was really good. Um, New Day, by the way, again, if you don't know, is a, like a youth festival that our young people go off to in the summer. Again, I'm not part of that age category, but it was cool. And there's a couple of guys, they were, one of them was a drummer, the other one was some kind of musician, I think. Anyway, they were chatting about what it looks like to be Christians in the world. And they were talking about the mission field. They were saying, like, when we go out to parties, we pray first and go, this is the mission field. Like, Jesus, what do you want me to do here? And he was like, when we're talking about should you drink, how much should you drink, should you be dancing like everyone else is dancing, actually, that is secondary. First, I go, Jesus, you're sending me into the mission field. I pray that I glorify you and get to speak to people about you. And that's a different mindset, isn't it? It's like making decisions about your life based on what is Jesus going to do with me today. It also means he's Lord of what I watch on TV That's a challenge, isn't it? Because a lot of what's on TV is unhealthy and unhelpful. Everyone falls in a different place with that. But if if Jesus is Lord, he's Lord of all of it. Jesus is Lord of what I listen to. So when I was younger, I mean, my parents were fairly chilled anyway with what we listened to, but there was no hiding it because, like, my stereo system was, like, this big. <laughs> and when you put it on, and I have two brothers, so you had to compete for being able to hear your music. We all had slightly different tastes in music. And so someone would put theirs on and someone put theirs on, turn that up, and then another one would go on. So anyway, but now everyone has little things attached to their ears, right? You don't even need to know. So... So no one, you know, no one needs to know what you're saying. Hang on, I'm just going to make eye contact with Myra a sec. No one needs to know what you're listening to because it's inserted in your ears. But Jesus is Lord of what you listen to. And what you listen to affects who you are. It does. These are basically our conversations on the way to school, by the way. Myra's like, oh, this is so boring. I hear this in the morning on the way to school. She's normally half asleep, so it's okay. How about this one? Jesus is Lord of what I drink. Jesus is Lord of how I treat alcohol in my life. Jesus is Lord of whether I start drinking and what that looks like. This looks different across the room, doesn't it? Because for some people, it's like, I'm young, what does that look like? Friends might be starting to drink for some of it. 
we get comfortable with that sort of stuff. Well, it's okay to drink. Oh, it says that in the Bible. It does say that in the Bible. It also says, don't get drunk. We go, oh, it's okay. I'm not really drunk. But Jesus is Lord of that. Jesus is Lord of our relationship with food. Jesus is Lord of what we say about other people and even what we say about ourselves. So what does our life look like if Jesus really is Lord? Because if we're saying Jesus is Lord and then we do a bunch of other stuff that looks like he isn't, we're just hypocrites, right? By the way, before we do number three, when I was preparing, I was like, I have to find this really cool, I'm going to find some cool stories and this really cool hook because then you guys will feel like, oh, this is so cool. And then I felt Jesus say, no, just speak the truth and that will be fine. Because that's what you guys need to hear more than anything, right? You need to hear truth. And, and the re- part of the reason I want to sit you together is because I don't. there's a few. I need to keep looking at a few. But it's easier for me just to look at you all at the same time and go, you need to hear the truth of Jesus. And then it's your choice. What do I believe in my heart? What does that look like for my life? But it's true for all of you as well. The third question is, what does it look like to confess with your mouth? Firstly, it looks like submission. And submission is not popular in our culture. Anything but be your own person, don't submit, don't get told what to do, don't. But actually, we submit to the authority of Jesus Christ. That's what it looks like first. It looks like allegiance, total loyalty to Jesus over, and this isn't relevant for me, but your football team, your mates. I'm not saying you guys don't have mates. I'm just saying that's really relevant, right, at that age. Your family, your country. Talk about that more in a second, but Jesus first in all things. Because actually the third bit of that is cost. What does it look like to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? It looks like cost. And that's everything from slight cost to un believable cost. When Clive and I became Christians, I was in my 20s, Clive was in his 30s, and um, he's older than me, by the way, in case you didn't get that. (laughs) It's true, people think we're the same age, it's so rude. Anyway, I know some of you sat there going, aren't you? Um, We definitely lost friends. I mean, now I look back and go, what kind of friends are they that we lost them because we became Christians? And suddenly there was stuff we didn't want to do anymore. It definitely affected some of our family relationships that have never been the same again. And people go, you're not like us anymore. And that was the cost for us. But that is a small cost for some people. What is the cost of that when you're a young person you say, Jesus is Lord, and that affects how I'm going to live my life. And whatever the cost of that is, I'm willing to live with that. The cost of that might be having to flee your country, losing your family. I know we're going to hear testimony today, and for some people, the cost is incredible. 
And actually, I was reading this book with Marissa the other day. She's writing, you can get these books that are like Rebel Girls or girl, like Girls of Faith, 100 people. Of, and they're just little stories about people's lives. And they're amazing. I love them. And it was one, it was one about this woman back in um, Henry VIII's times. It was, uh, and they were told what, what you could teach on the Bible. You can teach this. This is fine. And what you couldn't teach. And also, she was a woman, so she wasn't allowed to teach anything. And she was like, I'm going to teach what's in the Bible. And they warned her and they said, if you keep on doing what you're doing, if you keep on speaking out as a woman, and if you keep on saying the things that are in the Bible that we've said you can't say, then we're going to kill you. And she said, no, this is more important. So you can do whatever you want to me, but this is more important. And they tortured her and they killed her. And when we were talking about it, Marissa said to me, oh, Mom, like, you wouldn't do that, would you? Like, why didn't she just say, I'll stop doing that? And it's that moment, isn't it, where you go, Phew. And I said to her, I like to think I would. I can't say, because I'm not in that circumstance, I can't say if someone threatened my life, or the life of my family, what I would do. But I would like to think that I would proclaim Jesus, whatever the cost. And that's the challenge, isn't it? Philippians 3.8 says, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Because the cost can be huge, but it's nothing compared to what it means to know Jesus. And today we are going to see people make that declaration, Jesus is Lord. And we're going to see that amazing outward picture of what's happened inwardly, of people going down into the water, dying to their old life, that life of me, self, the world, dying to that old life and being raised to new life in Jesus. And it's such an incredible picture of what is available to each one of us. But everyone has to ask themselves that question because Jesus is asking you in your heart, who do you say I am? And for these guys today, it is, I'm saying Jesus is Lord. But Jesus will ask you the same question today. Who do you say I am?